Welcome to another David McCracken Ministries podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Pentecost Sunday. Hmm. I heard the Lord say he wanted this morning to be a full, immersive experience. I'm just moving to the real right to the center. That just helps my OCD. Wonderful. Praise the Lord. I was a little bit off center. I'm just letting some of you into my world. In August 2022, Sally and I had the privilege, and by the way, this is my beautiful wife, Sally. There's, today is our 29th wedding anniversary. We had been up 45 minutes getting ready, praying the Holy Ghost, so looking forward to today, and suddenly we realized, oh, it's our happy anniversary. <laughs> okay, let's back into the glory. What better way to spend your anniversary? Praise God. Hallelujah. August 2022, we were here ministering, and the Lord just... Uh, I'm about to tell you, strap your seatbelts on, because I'm about to preach. And when I'm going to say I'm about to preach, I got some stuff to preach. Don't switch off now go, okay, now he's going to talk. No, no, no. I'm going to impart spirit to spirit from the spirit of God into your spirit for anyone, and then we're going to respond to God. In August 2022, I said, I see Numa South being a beacon of hope in a 20-kilometer radius. Anyone was here for that? This morning I woke up hearing the words, make disciples who make disciples. So let me ask you a question. Not a trick question. I don't ask rhetorical questions. If I ask you to do something or say something, it's because I want you to say or do something. Can we clear that up right now? Cool. Okay. So put your hand up high if you are here this morning. Wonderful. Then you are called to be a disciple who makes disciples. It's not Pastor Steve, Pastor Candace's job. It's not my job. It's your job, my job, our responsibility. And this is what I feel the Lord is saying. And so um, I, I, I want to lean into a few things. I'm going to leave that. You need to know I'm just continually listening to the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm not telling you that for the purpose of you thinking um, whatever. I'm doing it because that's how you and I are called to live. Since you live by the Spirit, Galatians 5.25, let us keep in step with the Spirit. If he moves, move. If he stops, stop. If he... And increases the pace. How many people love that? There's a word for someone right here. <laughs> Not looking at anyone in particular. Then increase the pace. God does things never to break you, but he does do things to enlarge you. And he does things to enlarge you because it's not just about you. There's a word. It's actually about those that will inherit salvation through you. Come on. 
I just feel that the Spirit of God said to me this morning, I'm saying it again right now as we're getting into the Word of God, that this morning is not about you, it's about the church, of which you are a part. We've got to stop being the centre of our own universe. It's about God, it's about His church, and it's about His rule, His kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And God is calling us to have, woo, yep. Uh, a beacon of hope in a 20 kilometer radius, make disciples who make disciples. So this is what I want to do. Let's read Acts chapter two, verse one to four. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Day of Pentecost, Pentecost Sunday. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Anyone ready to help me preach and preach with me? Suddenly, everyone say suddenly. A sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be, I love this, there was something like the blowing of a violent wind. There was what seemed to be something like tongues of fire. When God shows up, you can't fully explain it. Come on, it speaks again to what I said before. Get past trying to explain it. It seemed to be, it looked like, I didn't even know what it was. But there's what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And if you haven't listened to Pastor Corey's message from last week on speaking in tongues, and I just encourage you to do that. And uh, uh, I'm drawn to the fact that there's nothing natural, nice and pretty about those four verses. There's nothing politically correct and intellectually easy to understand about that. In fact, the writers, as I just said, couldn't even put it into factual words. It was something like this. Get used to saying it was something like this. What was church like today? Oh, it was something like this. That's what we want, isn't it? Yes. Not being able to fully understand. I wonder if Acts 4.13 is the, is the right way to determine, uh, right terminology. It says that talking about the early apostles that were doing all these miracles. And it says that they, people saw them and knew who they were and said these were, we know they were unschooled, ordinary people. But clearly they just must have been with Jesus. That's the only conclusion we can come up with. I hear the Lord just say right now, it's not about what denomination. Someone in this room needs to hear it's not about what denomination you're a part of. It's, it's whether or not you're a son or a daughter of the Father in heaven. It's whether or not you let God be God. And it's time to let God be God. Uh, there's a phrase that I heard really, really clearly, and that there's a few things I want to say here. But I want to lean into this, and, I, and then everything else is going to be passed through this filter. I heard the phrase so clearly just during the week all or nothing. All or nothing. Say it with me. All or nothing. Say it again. All or nothing. Two more times. All or nothing. All or nothing. 
Jesus didn't partially die for us, He was all in. You and I, we don't partially die to sin and partially become alive in Christ. News flesh, you can't be partially dead. You're not partially dead to sin. You're dead to sin, you're alive to Christ. Can I hear an amen? We've even got to stop using terminology like I'm dying to sin. No, you're dead to sin. You're dead to sin. Romans says, reckon yourself, consider yourself, start to believe it. I'm dead to that. Now I'm alive. It's all or it's nothing. We can't, sorry, we aren't to love God with some of our heart, some of our soul, some of our mind, some of our strength. It's all or nothing. God hasn't blessed us with a few spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Ephesians 1, 3 says, He has blessed us with every, all spiritual blessings. The word all is continually used in God's Word and it conveys God's heart towards us. God will make all grace abound. God will supply all of our needs according to His riches in glory. God can do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that we can ask, think, or even imagine. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and He is just and He will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. And God appointed Jesus heir of all things. Oh, and He upholds all things by the word of His power. All things were made through Jesus and without Him nothing was made that was made. All or nothing. Yeah, see, if you clap, it gives me time to breathe. (laughs) Our God is an all or nothing God. He's not a partial God. He's not an incomplete God. (laughs) He's an all or nothing God. Let's just read a few more scriptures here. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8. And these ones we're going to throw up on the screen. And God is able to bless you abundantly. Good news right there. Come on, anyone? And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every or all good works. Come on, all or nothing. Ephesians 3.19 And to know this love, this God that surpasses your knowledge that you might be partially given a little bit of Jesus and bits and pieces and then you work hard and pray more and you'll get a bit more and if you stop doing that I'll give you a bit more and if you start being a bit better I'll give you a bit more know that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God hallelujah <laughs> Ephesians 1 and 23 and God you read it this morning Pastor Steve Mm-mm-mm. Pastor Steve to Pastor Steve and the same Spirit and God placed all things under Jesus' feet, and He appointed Him to be the head over everything for the church, which is the body of Christ, the fullness of Him who fills everything in every way, who fills all in all. Now, 
I want to talk about the power of Pentecost. Through that lens, all or nothing. Acts 2. If you're not enjoying yourself, I don't care. Acts 2, 1 to 4. In the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of Acts 2, 1 to 4. <laughs> when the day of Pentecost come, all or nothing, all or nothing. Say it again. Come on three times fast. That's not on one accord. Okay. When the day of Pentecost come, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole, all of the house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The church was birthed on the day of Pentecost. Church didn't exist before that. The church was birthed on the day of Pentecost. But what two ingredients do we see with the disciples that resulted in the day of Pentecost and the birth of the church? Because that's what Father sent me here to deliver to us this morning. What two things did the disciples do that resulted in the day of Pentecost and the birth of the church? Because God wants to do a day of Pentecost every day in all of our lives. He wants us to be part of the church. What are the two things? Here's the first one. And some of this might get a little bit uncomfortable. But will you stay with me? Will you receive the love and even at times the correction of God as well as the joy and the peace of God? Holy Ghost is speaking to me right now. Maturity comes when we receive all that God gives. That's deeper than some of you just realised what I said. Maturity comes when we receive all that God gives. Some of us want to receive, oh mercy, I'll take that. Grace, oh yes, come on. <laughs> Kindness, double portion please. Kindness. But the Bible says, like a loving father, at times I, I, I rebuke, I correct, I train not to make bad people good, but to keep free people free and to take us deeper into maturity so that you can be filled to the measure of all the fullness. I want you to become more like me. So therefore, receive all. Say receive all that I want to give you. Fool. Obedience. Everyone say obedience. obedience. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. Anyone doing good in the house? Yeah. Acts 1, 4 and 5. On one occasion, this is after Jesus rose from the dead. The Bible says in the beginning of Acts that for 40 days he was with the disciples talking about the kingdom of God. 
And it's in one of these conversations, Jesus says, on one occasion while he was eating with the disciples, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about, for John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I just want to remind you before I go on, the disciples were the people that had just walked with Jesus for three and a half years. Talk about Numa School of the Spirit. Three and a half years with Jesus. Not only going to a few lectures a week, but 24-7 walking with him, staying where he stayed, eating where he ate, seeing every encounter with every person, every miracle, being part of the miracles, being sent out by Jesus, demons being subject to you, healings coming, salvations coming. This is what their life was. If anyone's ready to go and plant some churches, it's the disciples. And yet Jesus said to the ones who were ready, don't leave, just wait. Can I just say God's not in a rush? Some of us, Second row, not the first row here, but the second row. Um, yes, you, are, are you together? Lovely. Something significant upon your lives. Lord, just stopping me. There's something significant upon your lives. You, sir, as well. Something significant upon your lives. And I just truly believe by the Spirit of God that he's depositing something deep today. You are called not just to walk with people, but to shift spiritual realms and atmospheres when you're with people. And may the Spirit of God just increase it. In Jesus' name, Father, I pray this day, See, the heart of the Father being implanted into you into a deeper level. The, whoo, the heart of the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Spirit of the Most High God. I release a gift of wisdom, discernment, insight. In Jesus' name, I just hear the Lord say this. He's, he's bringing a, a deeper coming together, even with you too. And through your life, a deeper impact for the glory of God. Obedience Whew. to the ones who are ready. Do not leave, but wait. John 15, 14 says, you are my friends. Jesus speaking, if you do what I command. Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait. You're my friends if you do what I command. Three things. Number one, don't shrink back from the word command and call it legalism. Don't shrink back from the word command and call it legalism. This is a word for the world and the church today. No one will tell me what to do. No one will tell me what to be. No one will tell me. Can I just say God is not a God of suggestions. He's a God of commands. He didn't give 10 suggestions to the children of Israel. He didn't give 10 options. You choose the ones you want. Hurraba shaka. I could, I, could, I could preach real hard right now. Giving people options is not 
love if the options are contrary to what God created. I don't care who you are, what you say, what letters you got after your name, it is not love to perpetuate a lie and call it acceptance, love and tolerance. It's stupidity and it's evil. Know the truth, not your version, not your option, and the truth will set you free. This world is getting more enslaved and they think they're becoming more enlightened. In the beginning, God created the male and female. He hasn't changed his mind. God created marriage. God placed a man and a woman together and said, well, God placed together. Come on, don't muck with this. Let no man put this asunder. We need to understand that there's a devil that hates God, that hates the people of God, hates the world and wants to keep people enslaved. God wants to come and set people free. That's what God does. And one of the things he does is he attacks is the fact that as Christians, it's all about following rules. You lost your freedom. No, 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 no. We don't follow rules to be accepted by God. We are accepted by God. And therefore we love Him and trust Him enough that when He says don't touch the fire, it's because He doesn't want us to get burned. He's a God of protection, not a God of control. He says, don't touch the one tree because there's death in the tree. I'm not controlling you. I don't want you to die. Don't commit adultery. I'm not trying to make you good. I want to keep you free from broken relationships. Come on, church. Don't lie. I'm not trying to make bad people good. I'm trying to keep you free from people not trusting you and you ending up in prison. Woo! That's similar to how Jesus said some of us. It was like right on the edge. Don't shrink back from the word command and call it legalism. Second thing, do not leave prematurely, but wait for the appointed time. For some of you in your life right now, and this, this is all prophetic, and some of this is God speaking to individuals while He's speaking corporately. The word of the Lord to some of you is don't leave prematurely, wait for the appointed time. Some of us are ready to bail out. We know God said something, but it hasn't happened yet. Some of us in this room are ready to walk away. The Lord says, don't leave prematurely. Wait until the appointed time. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. I just beg you in the Spirit of God, don't don't turn what God intended to be an Isaac moment into an Ishmael moment. God's promised the son, He's taking too long. Let's help him out. The third thing I see in this, you are my friends. If you do what I command is you can be saved and yet still not be a friend of God. That's a, that's a, that's, that's a, pool. That's a sobering moment. You can be saved and not be a friend of God. What makes us a friend? You're my friends if you do what I say. This is every single line I'm speaking, I could preach on for an hour or three days. And so I'm just dropping things. I pray you're getting some of it. The day of Pentecost happened because the disciples did what Jesus told them to do. I hope you get the simplicity of that, Pastor Steve. The the day of Pentecost happened because the disciples 
Hang on, the day of Pentecost happened because the Holy Spirit. No, the day of Pentecost happened because the disciples did what Jesus told them to do. Some of us are waiting for the Holy Spirit to come and do something, but we're doing something different than what God's told us to do. We know the Bible says this, this and this, but we're doing something different. And why, God, you're not doing this. Not. Hang on. The day of Pentecost happened because the disciples did what Jesus told them to do. They could have gone out and started to preach the gospel. They could have gone out and started to just lay hands. He goes, no, no, no. I know you want to go and just get into it, but just wait. You need the Holy Ghost to just saturate you. Obedience. Yeah. Obedience truly is better than sacrifice. Too many in the body of Christ that are not doing what God told them to do, but they're doing other things to try to make God happy because that thing's too hard and hopefully God will be happy with me. At least I'm doing something for him. He ain't happy. He's happy with obedience, not sacrifice. But that's going to cost me too much. I can tell you right now, the sacrifice will cost you more than the obedience. What good is it if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? Come on. The starting point of discipleship. Matthew said, and Jesus said to Matthew, you want to be my disciple? Okay, here's the starting point. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Actually follow me. I think these are days where God is taking the church from believers in Jesus to followers of Jesus. You cannot follow Jesus unless you believe in Jesus, but you can believe in Jesus and not follow Jesus. I'm preaching. Some of us in this room pride yourself. You've been saved 30 or 40 years. I was going to say big whoopee, but that's probably inappropriate. <laughs> Wonderful. Praise God. Length of time being saved. Wonderful. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But my question to you is not how long have you been saved, but how's your obedience to what God has said? We have some three-week-old Christians that are finding more favour in the eyes of God than 40-year-old Christians because their obedience is, uh, they're just so in love with God. If he says that, well, I'm going to do it. If he says I can walk on water, some of them may even go and try and just walk on the lake because they've got that much faith. And God smiles, there's my boy. There's my girl. They trust me. God is looking for obedience. Everyone say obedience. So how much of what God has said do you obey? <laughs> there is no such thing as partial obedience. And nor is there any such thing as pick and choose obedience. Obedience is all or nothing. See, day of Pentecost, we could come today and I'm full confidence in God and even His grace upon our lives that I could have not preached any of this and we could just end a Holy Ghost bull breakout just nuts time. People being filled and feeling the presence of God and all that. And that is glorious and I love that. I could do that till the cows come home. But we're not here to feel good. We're here to be disciples. We're not here just to celebrate the effect of Pentecost, but look at the pattern that released the day of Pentecost so that we can live it and carry it in our own lives. There are people in your world that need you. There are people in my world that need me. There are people in our world, come on, Newman Church South, that need us 
to understand today and align to all or nothing obedience so that day of Pentecost is an everyday occurrence in our lives. Praise God. The second thing that the disciples did that released the day of Pentecost was unity. Acts 2 verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, some of them decided to come to the prayer meeting. Oh, some of you are already thinking I'm getting legalistic. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Paraphrase, this is what the Lord said to me. Please listen to the word. Because they were all together in one place, the day of Pentecost came. Hmm. Because they were all together in one place, which was what? An act of obedience, because God said, stay there. Obedience led to unity. Obedience and unity released the day of Pentecost, which released the birth of the church, which released 3,000 to get added to the church on the first day the doors opened. If this is not revival, I don't know what revival was. But we all celebrate the fruit and want the fruit and we all almost pursue the fruit. What's the root? Obedience, unity. Be where I tell you to be when I tell you to be it and be not just in the room, but be in one spirit in the room. I need you to hear what I'm just about to say. I need you to hear this new mature self because I tell you right now, the spirit of God has big plans through you as a church. Notice I said through you as a church. I went to say for you and God said, no, it's through you. What God's going to do, He's always for us. He's always for us, but He wants to do some big things through us. It's not just for me, for me, it's through me. Even Jesus Himself came modelling this. He did not come for people just to come to Him. He says, I'm the way to the Father, no one comes through me. No one comes to the Father except they come through me. And God is wanting to do some things through the people of God. The thing that marked the early disciples that resulted in the day of Pentecost was not that they were just in the same building, but they were in the one spirit. There's many people in this room right now. You're in the building. That's not, that's not they were all together in one place. Because one of those statements is redundant. They were all together, or they were in one place. No, they were all together in one place. It's two different things. It's Psalm 133, verse 1. How good and how pleasant it is when my people dwell together in unity. Well, surely if we're dwelling together, we're in unity. How many people know that you can have a family living in the same house, but they're not in unity? It's not about being in the building. It's being in the spirit in the building. It's not about how long you've been saved. It's about your obedience. It's not if you're in the building. It's if you're in the Spirit. Yeah, good. Come on. These are days where we need to step into a deeper revelation. It's not just the Spirit of God in me, but I am in the Spirit. Not in the flesh, not in my rights, not in my desires, not in my, my pity party, not in my corner, not in, no, in the Spirit. Men and women of God, I'm calling us to be men and women of God, not just in the building, but in the spirit in the building. 
Come on, John had the revelation in the book of Revelation on the island of Patmos because on the Lord's day, he was in the spirit. The spirit was in him already, but he got in the spirit. Come on. Oh, Jesus. The word dwell together in unity. The word together in unity in Psalm 133 actually means to become one, to join, to unite, to become one. Unity in the spirit releases the power of God. And he said two things to me. Unity, this is what he said, be in the room. If we want this, this Pentecost lifestyle, there's obedience, but part of the obedience is don't leave, but wait. Okay, so I'm going to be in the room. Some of us came seeking a word today, and the Lord is saying to me, for some of us in the room, your word is be in the room. You may say, I'm in the room. Yeah, but how often are you in the room? How consistently and frequently are you in the room? And not only how often are you physically in this room, but how often are you in the spirit in this room? There are certain places that Jesus went, he couldn't do many miracles because people were in the room, but they weren't in the spirit. We need to be in the spirit in the room. In the room, in the spirit. I'll tell you right now, I, I love God. You can probably tell. I love his word. I love his spirit. And I love being by myself in my room for hours just in the Lord. Steve knows this. He's been in my place. We, we walk together. I love it. But I can tell you right now, these are days where God wants to do things in you that he will do when we are in the room and in the spirit that he will not do when you are by yourself in the spirit. You might say, hang on, that's not true. That's not biblical. No, no, no. God Himself exists in Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And we're created in His image. The Bible says the body fitly joined together, supplying everything the body needs. You cannot have everything supplied if you're not together. And I don't mean in the room. I mean in the room and in the Spirit. Even the Bible says in Revelation 2 and 3 repeatedly, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the Churches, not to the person, to the churches. It's a plural thing. The day of Pentecost happened because they were all together in one accord. They were in the room and they were in the Spirit. Whoo! Luke 5, verse 17 to 20. I don't want to preach for too much longer. Well, that's not true. I won't preach for too much longer. See, I, I, I preach myself just... More and more full. I pray you're getting more and more full. I pray you're getting enlarged in your spirit, even if it's overload here. Some people say when I preach it's overload, that's okay. It can be overload here, but just receive it here. Come on. Receive it, Lord. Receive it, Lord. Luke 5, 17 to 21. Be in the room. One day Jesus was teaching and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. Let's not be a Pharisee. Come on. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. 
Can you get this? Can you get this? Are you ready? The power of the Lord was present with Jesus to heal. In other words, this was a moment as a stirring of the waters. This is a moment where God's always a healer, but there's sometimes oh, I need to manifest this right now. I'm ready. Jesus is ready. Jesus was ready. And it says, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus. Where was Jesus? Jesus was in the home. Are you with me? So men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and they tried to take him into the house. Why? Because that's where Jesus was and that's where Jesus is moving. We need to get into the room. They tried to lay him before Jesus. And when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they said, well, at least we tried. There's probably a meeting on tomorrow. We'll come back tomorrow. It's too far to walk. Car park's too far away. Uh, I I just needed to be a bit easier for me. If I'm stepping on your toes, it's only because they're sticking out far enough for me to step on. (laughs) They said when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof, they lowered him on his mat, threw the tiles because they ripped the tiles off the roof and they put him down in the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, Jesus didn't hear their faith. He saw their faith. What was their faith? We can't get in the room, so we're going to make a way to get in the room. We're going to cancel this, shift this, cancel this appointment, change the sports. Come on, church. We are going to get in the room because God does something where two or three are gathered. Man, I'm going to be in your midst and I'm going to do some things. These are days, some of us are, some of us right now, I, I, I come, I come even in church, resisting even for some of us in this room. Let me come spirit to spirit, even against what some of us are hearing. I don't need to be in the room. I can do this by myself. No, you cannot. God moves amongst His people in such significant ways. Am I saying you don't need to have your quiet time and your prayer time and God can't move? Absolutely not. I do it for hours. I love it. I love it. Jesus withdrew to lonely places. But the Bible is clear. The day of Pentecost came because they were all together in one place. Jesus saw the faith of someone who says, I'm not going to let convenience or a lack thereof keep me from being in the room. Something happens when the people of God Get in the room. Even in the natural, people with sports or whatever it may be, if they, the more they're in the room, the more they're there, the more they, they learn about the game, the more they, 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 those that are part of a team, the more they're there, the more they're involved, the more skills and things they develop, the more they get better at what they're actually a part of. Come on, it's time for the church to get better of what we're a part of, which is the kingdom of God. And God does something when we are in the room and in the spirit. Woo! Final thing on unity is there is no quick fix or easy way. Can I just say unity is not about agreeing on issues. It's about being in the one spirit. When you're in the one spirit, some of the issues lose their significance and no longer become the focus of your conversation. Hmm. Hmm. John 17, verse 20 to 23. 
Jesus is praying, he says, my prayer is not for them, talking about his disciples alone, but I pray for all those who will believe in me through their message, that all, <laughs> all or nothing, that all of them may be one. And the two became one. The picture is literally coming together. I'm just, I'm just, I want you to get the same picture. It's literally about becoming one. It's not just about being in the room. The picture is becoming one. I pray also for all those that will believe through, on me through their message that all of them may be one. And then he goes, Father, just as Father is in Jesus and Jesus is in the Father. When I say, what, what sort of level, what does the unity look like to God? Unity to God looks like the Father and the Son. You can't tell where one stops, the other starts. They are one. To the point when people said to Jesus, would you show us the Father? He goes, don't you know if you've seen me, you've seen him. If we've seen you, we should see you. If we've seen you, we should see you. If we've seen you, we should see you. And guess what? If we see you, 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 then we see him. That's what releases the day of Pentecost. Obedience and unity. We have reduced unity down to something we try to do based on events or theology. Unity has been in the spirit. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me. Did you hear that, church? Did you hear that? The Father has given to Jesus the glory, and Jesus gave us the glory, that they may be one. The reason he gave the glory is so that we can be one. We are one. I am in them, and you are in me. Can you see the repeated language? Because Jesus is not only saying they can't even tell where you and I stop, but they can't tell where you, I, or them stop. I'm, I'm giving you the word of the Lord. Why? So that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you've sent me and you've loved them even as you have loved me. The day of Pentecost happened because of the disciples' obedience and the disciples' unity. Numa South will be a beacon of hope in a 20-kilometer radius because of your obedience and your unity. New myself will be a beacon of hope in a 20 kilometer radius because every disciple will be making disciples. And the Lord said to me, today is the day, today is the Pentecost Sunday. If I have my worship team start to come. But listen, don't focus on them. We need to land the sink where God wants us to land. Acts 2 verse 17 and 18. In the last days, how many people think we're getting close? How many people know that they've been talking about last days for a long time? But every day is a day closer. That, that, that's where you need to land with last days eschatology. Every day is a day closer. And I want to be ready on the day. Anyone else? In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on. I will pour out my spirit on. I will pour out my spirit on. It's all or nothing. 
I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Anyone in the room want to claim that as a word? I do. Anyone? Your sons, your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit on those days and they will prophesy. God wants to mark us in Him today. God wants to release and increase spiritual gifts today and God wants to pour out His Spirit on every person. We're about to respond to the Lord. But I want you to listen to just four more verses from two passages and I want you to hear what Father wants to do in the next few moments. In Revelation 3, verse 15 and 16, Jesus writing to the church. Everyone say the church. Not the world, the church. The church. I know your deeds, they are neither cold nor hot. They are neither nothing nor are they everything. I wish you were either one or the other. I wish you were either all or nothing. So because you are lukewarm, because you are not all in for me, or you're not nothing, I am about to spit you out of my This is not an easy place to land right now. But I wonder if sometimes in our lives, problems are perpetuated because we don't land in the difficult places. Because I just want to feel good. But I need you to hear verse 19 and 20, which pulls us together to the same church. Jesus speaking, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. Those who I love, I just said, I want you to be all or nothing. In your obedience and in your unity. I want you to be all or nothing. I'm telling you this because I love you, says the Lord. So be earnest, not casual, not... Be earnest and repent. Repentance has become a bad word for too many. It's a, literally a change your way of thinking. Turn around, go the opposite direction because that ain't, that ain't life that way. And He says, here I am. I love you and I'm here right now. And I'm standing and I'm knocking on the door of your heart. Who? The ones that are not all or nothing, they're in the middle. You're saved, you're in church. But there's too many things that are not all under the Lordship. I'm standing, I'm knocking, and I'm loving you right now. And if anyone, anyone in this room hears my voice and opens the door, 
It's not enough to hear God's voice. We need to open the door. I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. And I heard the Lord just say, lead them to me and I'll take care of the rest. So that's what we're going to do right now. And in a moment, if God's knocking on the door of your heart, on anything I've said, maybe, it may be all of us. It may be, I need to take, I want to take another step forward. All in. Obedience and unity. If it's, I just want more of the Holy Ghost. I want to encounter the heart of the Father more. If your heart is being stirred, I'm going to invite you to come down the front as an act of obedience and unity in a moment and open up your heart fully as we worship God. You're not coming to me, you're coming to Him. We're going to make this an older. We're going to make this an upper room. We're going to make this an upper room. We're going to make this an upper room. I can't do your responding for you, but I'm, I'm, I'm urging you, I'm beseeching you, as Paul says. Come on, come and present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Come and lay it all, all or nothing. That's your measure, church. That's your options today. That's your options in your business. Is He Lord or is He not? In your family, is He Lord or is He not? In your desires, is He Lord or is He not? In your agenda, in your sexuality, is He Lord or is He not? God wants to be Lord of all. Thanks for listening. For more content, head to our website, davidmccracken.org.